Well, I'm excited today for this message. We are going to be talking today about a clearly different way to walk. So have you ever noticed a friend of yours, perhaps, where like they just walk with a distinctive walk? It may be dusk outside, but you see them coming and you're like, I know who that is, right? I remember on the college campus, you know, where where you kind of watch a lot of other people walk, you could tell who are your friends just by the way they walk sometimes, right? And I believe that God has marked each one of us this morning. If, if we're here and we're saying we're called by him, God has marked each one of us that he's called us to walk in a clearly different way. So we're going to be looking this morning at Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, and I'd like to start off by reading that from the New American Standard Version. It says this, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, and as we look into your word today, God, I I thank you that your word is living, it's active, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. God, and I ask in Jesus' name that, that you would illuminate your word to us, that your spirit would just have it jump off the page and into our hearts. God, we open up our hearts today to receive your word. We, we open up our ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So how does this verse start? It starts off with Paul saying he's in prison. It says, I, a prisoner of the Lord. What, what would it look like to be in prison? I've never been in prison. I don't know if you've ever been in prison, but I got to imagine when you're in prison, you have what? You got a lot of time on your hands. Right? And, and when you have that time, you're probably doing a lot of thinking, a lot of soul searching. In Paul's case, he was doing a lot of praying. And he was really believing for all of these churches that he had helped start. God, what can I give them while I'm in, in chains? What can I give them while I'm homebound? So, so Paul is writing letters, and he's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus as a prisoner. And he's doing what? He's imploring them to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. So this morning, we had a, a demonstration of, of, of a calling, right? We, we prayed over Ben and Josh to appoint them as elders. But all of us this morning have a calling, right? It's not just someone we would appoint as an elder. All of us have a calling in Jesus Christ. If, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you have a calling today. And God, God has an instruction for us through the, the words of Paul that we would all walk in a manner worthy of that calling, so what does it look like to walk in a manner worthy? I was, I was trying to, struggling with, with how do I bring this point across? So I'm going to show you a picture. And tell me if you can recognize where this picture was taken, and, and then we'll talk a little more about it. Where, where is that located? It's Arlington National Cemetery in Washington, D.C., right? It's the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Has anybody ever visited there? Yeah, a number of us have. It's, if you've never been, it is worth the drive to D.C. I mean, there's so many things that are worth the drive, but, but you've got to go and see the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. So did you know that when a sentinel comes on duty, he walks exactly 21 steps across the tomb? Why? Because that represents the 21-gun salute, which is the highest honor given to any military or foreign dignitary. And then he turns and he faces the tomb and he remains in that position for 21 seconds. And then he turns again and he walks across the tomb again, 21 steps. And when he completes that, he stops, he turns towards the tomb, and he pauses for 21 seconds. And he does this over and over for his entire shift. 
when the job is done well, and, and I've been there, I've seen this, it's, it's amazing. It's like they're gliding. You don't even see their heads. Like there's no gates to, to an up and down. They're, they're just gliding across. The average age of the men and women that, that serve, they're enlisted men and women with ranks ranging from private first class specialist, uh, pri- private first class to specialist. The average age is 22. And they prepare for weeks and it's such an honor to be a part of what's called the old guard, to, to guard the, the tomb of the unknown uh, soldier. So they go through strict training so that they'll, they'll be able to perform whether it's sunny, whether it's rainy, or whether it's snowing out. So how many of you have ever been in a D.C. snowstorm, right? It comes with a fury, and then it's gone. But when it comes, it comes with a fury. So what are the members of the 3rd United States Infantry Regiment of the U.S. Army? What, what does it mean to be part of the old guard? Right, so they, they used to walk the way the rest of their friends walk. But when they joined this old guard, they, launched, they learned to walk in a clearly different way. Right? They, don't, they don't walk the same. They're, they're trained. This is something they've been called to do. And they don't walk. They don't, they don't walk the same way. They don't miss a step. When it's your turn to guard the tomb, to miss a step means to miss an opportunity to stay in the guard, right? It's just, you, you don't, you can't squander the opportunity you've been given. This is a very highly competitive thing to join. So this is the point. Why, why do they do what they do? What, what's the big deal of guarding this tomb with an unknown soldier in it, Right? The point is this, inside the tomb of the unknowns at the Arlington Cemetery are men who gave their lives for the freedom that you and I know. Surrounding the tomb of the unknown are, many, are more than a quarter of a million graves just there in Arlington. And then surrounding Arlington, there's thousands of cemeteries around the world where bodies are reminders that our freedom isn't free at all. So each one that comes to serve in the old guard, they know, they, they give their lives with a fierce uh, they, they, they give their lives to, to serve as a sentinel because they know that others went before them to give their lives and serve the ultimate price in terms of giving their life for our freedom. So these soldiers, they've got an immense privilege, they've got an immense responsibility, but there's an immense motivation for why they do what they do. So with this backdrop, imagine if Paul could have talked about the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier and say, hey, we've got an example in today's time of someone that walks clearly differently And Paul is urging the church to say, hey, if you've been called by Jesus Christ, if you've answered that call and said, God, I I come to receive you as my Lord and Savior, thank you for saving me from my sins, for forgiving my sins, and now I'm going to answer that call to walk as a follower of Jesus Christ, it's a high calling. It's not something we do lightly, but there's a clearly different walk that we should have after that. So Paul is begging the church at Ephesus, and, and my belief is this, that once we understand what a privilege it is to be saved by grace, once we understand what it really looks like to be a Christ follower, there's just no way. It's impossible for us to walk in the same way as we used to walk. It's just like once the the soldiers join the old guard, they they can't go back to just the normal walking. They walk with with such discipline because this is what they've been training for. This is what they've been called to do. And, And each of us have a calling on our lives that it doesn't matter if a crowd is watching, doesn't matter if no one's watching, right? Character is usually what happens, what? When no one else is watching, that's how you know you have character. doesn't matter if you're talking to someone in person 
or if you're posting or responding to a post on social media, how are we walking, right? It doesn't matter if you're under physical or emotional or even spiritual strain or if you're on a physical, emotional, or spiritual mountaintop. Walking as a follower of Jesus requires us to walk differently than the rest of the world. There's just no two ways about it. And sometimes I'm afraid of this. I'm, I'm afraid that, God, I've answered your call, but am I walking in a manner worthy? God, am I doing all the things you've asked me to do? God, God how do I answer that call well? So to, to answer that question, I want to look at Ephesians 4.1 in a different translation. It's Ephesians 4.1 in the NIV, and it says, As a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. So have you ever gotten called for jury duty? Anyone got called for jury duty? You know, as old as I am, I've only been called once for jury duty. I don't know if I've been passed over or they're like, he's not good enough or something like that. But like, I've only been called once. But when you get the invitation to jury duty, is it an invitation that you can RSVP no to? No, you, you have to go, right? And I think when, when Paul is urging us, he's urging us, but it's not really something you can say no to. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have to answer the, when you answer the call, like Paul is saying, you have to live a life worthy. It's an invitation, but it's an invitation you have to receive and, and you have to, to go forward with. So I, I went and looked at this word urge in the Greek, and the word is parakaleo. And it means to beg, to entreat, or beseech, right? And we see this in different translations. Paul, Paul in NASB, he implored them. Here he's urging them. And another translation is, King James is beseeching them. But it's even more than just those three things. I was surprised to know it's encouraging and it's strengthening. So this morning, I want to talk to us all in a way that could be encouragement to us on how to walk in a manner worthy or to strengthen you. If you're, if you're walking, I want to strengthen you that you walk even more with your head held up high as a Christ follower. And we understand what does it look like to walk in such a way that, that we're, we're clearly different walking than we've ever walked before. So as the old guard had motivation when they joined for what they do, we as believers have motivation for, for our walk as well. And we find this motivation in what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.15. It says he died, this is Jesus, Jesus died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. See, there's something amazing that happens when we come to an understanding that we're sinners and there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing I can, can earn. There, there's no, no amount of good deeds that will ever buy my entrance into heaven. But Jesus dying on the cross for me while I was still a sinner. See, that, that, that just blows me away. Think about this. If you knew the worst criminal in prison, would you give your life for a murderer? Would you give your life for a thief? Would you give your life for someone who, is, who has raped someone else? Like, no, why would I do that? They're not deserving but that was you and me. We, we were not deserving of him going to the cross for us. We were still in our sin when Jesus died for us. Why? Because he saw each one of us. He loved us in a way that only, only he can love us and only we know that's the way we, we, we need to be loved. And he said, you're my child. I love you and I'm drawing you. I, I want you. I want a relationship with you. So Jesus dies on the cross for you and me because of his love for us. And then he says, okay, come follow me now. Give your life to me that, you, that, that he died for us, that we no longer live for ourselves, but we would live for him, right? That's the call that many of us have, have answered and said, yes, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I can only be saved by your grace. It's a free gift, 
But once you receive the gift, it changes your life forever. You, you'll never walk the same. So now, a few verses after this, Paul says this about our walk. He says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. And we, when we speak for Christ, we plead, come back to God. Right? This word plead is the same word that we, use, we saw Paul use, the same Greek word. So, so Paul was pleading with the church and begging them and imploring them to walk in a manner worthy. And now God wants to use each one of us for our, our friends and for our neighbors and our coworkers, for us to be the light that would be, hey, I'm pleading you to come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You, you need to be saved from your sins. God has a purpose for you to be here on this earth. Are you fulfilling that purpose? Are, are you understanding the call that he's given to you? Right, that's, that's my role. That's your role. That's all of our roles, that, that we would go and we would make that appeal. See, I, I look at, the fact of being God's ambassadors, like I don't even like to wear a coat on a Sunday morning, right? But, but if I was an ambassador for God, I'd have to do a lot more than just dress the part. I'd have to walk out the part. I'd have to talk out the part. I'd have to live the part that, that I would be the, representation, the, the representative of, of our country to some other country, right? That's a high calling. But God calls all of us to that. He, he calls all of us to be his ambassadors, right? We are his public relations team, right? It, it, anything he wants to do here on the earth, he does through you, he does through me, he does through all of us. So Paul urges the Ephesians to live a life worthy of the calling. What does that look like? How do we break that down? Right? I, I believe this, that how we walk is how we act. Right? So, so if you want to measure yourself in terms of how are you walking just look at your actions that, that take you through a day. What, what, are those actions, uh, what are those, where do those actions take you, right? Because how we walk is how we act. And, and I see this in, in what the verses that we read here, where Paul is saying, okay, I'm, I'm imploring you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, but then he tells us how it looks. He says, with all humility and with gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent, to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Right? We know that God's gift is free, but how we walk, how we walk under that gift, how we walk as a follower of Jesus Christ is really how we treat others because others will see that we're treating them differently than anyone they've ever known before, right? That should be what's said about us. Just like we can look at the old guard and say they're like no other soldier we've ever seen. There should be something different in how we walk. So humility, gentleness, patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity in the spirit of the bond of peace. I, I hear all these things and I'm like, this is such an amazing list. And I feel like I don't measure up. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't measure up to this. But, but what would it look like if you and I could get a glimpse of walking in this way? If we could get a glimpse, say, all right, God has called us to be humble, to be gentle, to be patient. Imagine a husband and a wife where all they want to do is prefer one another in love. Wouldn't that be an amazing relationship, right? That's the model that God wants us to strive for, where we're constantly saying, oh, no, you first. No, you first. No, I, I defer to you. We're loving one another with a self-sacrificing love. Imagine if your kids got a hold of this and they're like, the little brother and the big brother, they're not fighting, but the big brother's sticking up for the little brother at school. Like, wouldn't that be awesome? I know it doesn't happen often, but it, has, it, it can happen if our kids get a hold of what it looks like to walk in a manner worthy. What about you and I at work or with our neighbors? 
right? Think about how you, you act. Think about what you say. Think about what you post online. What would it look like for us to walk in a manner worthy that, that we're humble, we're gentle? We're not someone says something and all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. All right, with, with the love of Jesus, we did that? Like, how, how, how do we treat one another? Is it with patience? Is it showing tolerance for one another in love? Like, I hear a lot about tolerance today in the world we live in. But people are tolerant until they're disagreed with, and then they become intolerant. And that's not the definition of tolerance, right? The definition of tolerance is that you, you give everyone that you see the same amount of love and courtesy. And we don't see that today. To preserve the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Imagine a church filled with servants. Imagine all of us that we understand our call in Jesus Christ, and we understand our call to be an ambassador to him, and we take ownership of that call, right? Miracles would happen if we all understood that call and we all started to walk in what God had given to us. So just one, one paragraph earlier than Ephesians 4, Paul pens these words that I want to read in Ephesians three twenty and 21. And he says this, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. There's a number of things that I love in this passage, but, but just look at the very beginning. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within who? within Justin, within Roseanne, within Freeman, within Eugene, within Ed, within all of us, God's mighty power. Do you you realize that God's power is working within us? It's working within you, within me. And when God works within us, what happens? He accomplishes something that's infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, you might not have a very big impression of yourself. You might not have a big impression of others. But God has this great impression about all of us that he says, hey, when I fill you with my spirit, watch out because I will do greater things than you can even imagine. You won't even be able to ask or think about those things. And here's what's cool about as the church comes together. I'd like to give you an example. Have you ever heard of the conductor Leonard Bernstein? Yeah, so famous conductor, right? Someone once asked him, what is the the role in your orchestra that you work the hardest to fill, the hardest role, the most selective you are. What is that role that you work to fill? And they were surprised by his answer because you, you would have thought maybe he would have picked like the top dog. And he goes, it's second fiddle. And he goes, and here's why. Everybody wants to play first fiddle. To find someone who will play second fiddle and play it well, it isn't easy. Right? I can find the first trumpet, I can find the first French horn, but to find the second and the third, those are the ones that bring harmony. And without, without harmony, what's an orchestra? Right? You don't have an orchestra without harmony. See, when we come together as the body of Christ, we need to all understand what our role is. Otherwise, there's no harmony. There's, there's no orchestra that's going to be played. And, and what I love about this church is I, I can just use Kids Camp as an example. When we have 150 volunteers here coming together, None of us are, are the top dog, right? We can't, all be, we can't all be the lead, but all of us come with the part that we can play. And when we play it together, man, it's a symphony. It's, it's amazing what happens. So think about that happening throughout the year. Think about if we all understood what our purpose was and we all started to make a difference in that purpose. It didn't matter if we were playing first trombone or third French horn or second fiddle, but we come together with what God has called us to 
and we walk in a manner that's glorifying to him because we're fulfilling what he's calling us to, what, what would that look like? That would be amazing. So now I want to get personal with you, right? Is it okay if I ask you a personal question? I'm going to look for head nods. Is it okay if I ask you a personal question? All right, I saw enough head nods that even if you didn't nod, I'm going to ask you anyway because I'm talking to your neighbor, all right? So here's my question. How will you choose to walk? Because all of this is academic if it doesn't change who we are, right? It's all academic to say walk in a manner worthy of your calling if you're not making a choice today. God, I want to walk differently. I want to walk in a clearly different way because of the spirit of Jesus Christ that lives within me. So Paul urges us, he implores us, he begs us. But now it's up for you and I to make a choice, right? And that choice happens every day, right? Because this is what I believe. The choices, the choices we make are the way we walk, right? And, and think about it. You make choices when you wake up in the morning. What are you going to wear that day? What are you going to have for breakfast? You're going to have coffee. You're going to have tea. You choose what route you're going to take to work. You choose if you're going to drive fast or drive slow. Stop at the stop sign. Let other people go by. You're going to be the first one. You're out of there, right? We all make choices every day, a thousand choices throughout the day. And it's those choices that define the way we walk. You see what I'm saying, right? When my neighbor comes up to me and says hi, and I'm like, I'm too busy right now, I can't talk to you, or I just ignore him totally. That's a choice I made. When I'm, when I'm at work and I'm talking to a friend or coworker and they share something with me, if I respond in empathy and love, that's a choice I made. If someone's being political all of a sudden and, and talking about things, it's a choice I make how to engage that person. Right? It's a choice I make when I get on social media at night, what I say, what I do, how I respond. The world is watching. The world is watching you and I, and they will only know about Jesus Christ through the life that you and I live. What choice do we make about how we're going to live our lives? Right? It, it, it comes down to something personal for each one of us, but something really important. So I remember a time when my kids were younger, and we are trying to instill within them the importance of us coming together as a family. And you know, if you're a parent, sometimes kids, they just get on one another, right? So, so here's some of the things that would happen in my family when, when my kids were younger. One would just give the other one a look and like fights, gloves are off, right? It's just a look. Or, or maybe it was a little shove or, or maybe it was like, you know, this dirty comma, like, I don't, want, I don't like what you're wearing today, you know? And, and like World War III breaks out over something ridiculously small. But isn't it usually the small stuff that trips us up, right? Um, so here's something that I would always tell my kids. And, and later in life, I thought about what I would tell them. And it's actually really challenging as an adult to take, take this advice to heart ourselves, right? So this is what I would tell them. You can't control what others say to you, but you can control your reaction to what's said, right? And, and many of us, we're, we're out in the world, we're, we're a part of different things in, in what we do, and a lot of things are said, a lot of things are done, we see a lot of stuff, and it just causes us to rise up maybe in a way that isn't glorifying to God, right? You can't control your environment, but you can control how you respond to your environment. See where I'm going with this? Right? So, so what is it about us that people would say, wow, James, he's walking in a clearly different way. Why, why is that? I, I have to know. Why does Dave walk the way he does? Lynn, why do you walk the way you do? It's a clearly different way. Why? Because we've been called with a high calling. If the old guard walks in a clearly different way because they understand what they're guarding, how much more would we walk in a clearly different way because we understand the spirit of God within us? So, you know, when I, when I think about this statement and I think about, okay, how do I respond to others? 
When, when I hear about Republicans and Democrats, it's so divisive among the country. Are we as Christians bringing the unity of, of love and of peace to our country? Or are we just joining right in with the debate, going back and forth, right? We should be walking clearly differently. When, when you see posts online and arguments are going back and forth, are we as believers going to jump into that argument? Or are we going to bring peace? Are we going to be tolerant and love others? Speak the truth. But do it in such a way that we're walking a clearly different walk, right? We can't control what others say to us, but we can control what our reaction is. And, and when they do things, we can control what our reaction is because the world is watching us. It's watching us and it says they'll know we're Christians by our love for one another and for the world. So in closing, I want to ask this. Do we understand this morning what, the, what an immense privilege that you and I have that Jesus would die on the cross for our sins when, when we were not worth it. It wasn't, we, it wasn't like we had done some great thing that we would be like, wow, this is, this is something that, that, that he's, we're worthy of his sacrifice. No, we weren't worthy of the sacrifice. But Jesus died on the cross for us. And then secondly, I want to ask this question. Are we clearly walking differently See, I, I believe that God has put a mantle on each one of us, not just Ben and Josh this morning, but God has put a mantle on each one of us as followers of Jesus Christ. And he calls us to walk differently. We can't walk the same way. Just like the old guard, when they join the old guard, they train, they, they can't go back to walking as a mere soldier. They're part of the old guard. Did you have something you wanted to say? Okay, the mic is over here. Come on in. Good, because I was getting thirsty and wanted to take a drink. So. so, I don't want to be up here. I don't want to say what I'm about to say. God and I have been going back and forth on this for about the last 20 minutes. I taught growth track today, and I taught that sometimes God chooses you to do things that you're not comfortable doing, but you need to do them. So here we go. <laughs> it's interesting when God brings an example back to us. This has been a great message, but here's what, what I feel the Lord has been telling me. God has a desire to free someone here today. And you know the thing about Christians, we talked about this downstairs today, we are the most dishonest people in the world sometimes when we're going through stuff. We, we somehow believe that admitting that we're struggling is, is like to tell people that we're not a good Christian. Oh my gosh, nothing could be further from the truth. And, and today, I just, you know, I said, God, use somebody else. And then I said, God, give me, a, give me, a, give me a, a word of some sort so I can really know. And then you went right into your thing about the choices we make. And, that, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Someone here, maybe more than one person here, you've made some choices, and you're not walking with the Lord the way you know you should be walking. This is not like you have some deep, dark sin. It's, I'm not talking about that. But you're sitting here today, and if you were honest with me, you would say, Ed, I'm not walking the way I need to be. I know that. But, but for whatever reason, you're struggling, you're, you're, you're somewhat desperate, you don't know what to do, but you're in a position where you would just honestly say, no, I've made some choices and, and I'm not doing well. I've made some choices and I'm not walking and doing where God has called me to walk and do. I mean, you may not even know where that is, but you know you're not there. And this is what I want to tell you. God wants to free you today and set things right in your life. It's not that you're some horrible sinner. It's that you're a human being that the enemy loves to attack just like me. I have responded to this kind of a call more than once in my life. 
But I said, hey, God, can I just say, you know, I'll pray for you. And God said, no, it's not the way it's going to work. And I know this is really hard, but I want you to stand today. And I want to pray for you because God has said, if they will stand and you will pray, I will move. Mm. So I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to say, if you're here today and you would answer and say, Ed, I'm struggling. I'm not where I want to be. I'm not walking. You know, it could be something minor. It could be something major. We're not going to know. But I want you to stand right now. And I want to pray for you. I want you to put your pride aside. I want you to stand right now. And I want to pray for you. I want you to stand. I want you to stand. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to stand. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Father God, and we, if you want to stand, you can still stand. Father God, Jesus. Lord, you and I have been arguing for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do this. But Father God, you freed me when I've stood to this same kind of call. Mm-hmm. You freed me, you turned me around, and you said, I want to make a difference in the lives of those that will stand. Mm-hmm. Now, God, I hold you to your word. This cannot be just a, a, you know, a nice exercise. I pray for yes, every yes. one of these men and women standing, yes, Lord. For Lord, when we come into a church service, we come in and every week people could stand. But Lord, today you've called these out for a reason, for a purpose. And God, it's not enough that they've stood. It's not enough that I pray. It is, it is incumbent upon you to move in their lives right now. And that's not an arrogant statement. Lord, I know who you are. This was a choice they just all made. And Lord, it's a choice that they recognize you. You said, if you'll acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my father. Lord, by standing today, they are acknowledging their need for you and their belief in you. So Father God, I pray for them. I don't know what it is. Something minor, something, it doesn't matter. There's no big sin, little sin. There's no little issue, big issue with you. Everything you care about and you love us beyond our understanding. So, Father, I pray right now, I agree with my brother Greg, that your spirit, this moment, is starting to lift some things in these lives. That, Father, their choices starting today will be different. Their faith in a God who moves will be different. Father, that their lives will be different. Father, they have stood because they have wondered and, and, and sought you. Lord, please help me. Please, please, Lord, show me how. So today is the beginning of the answer to that prayer. So, Father, thank you for the privilege of being able to pray for my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for your obedience that you give and put in our hearts to be able to stand And thank you for your faithfulness, Mm -hmm. Lord, that moves and works when we cry out to you. I pray this humbly in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, enough said. That's all I got. I think this is, that's an amazing, thank you, Ed, for for sharing that. You know, so, so for all of us, and and here's, here's the only way that we're going to be able to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. It's only as we yield to the, to the power of the Holy Spirit, 
right? It's, it's only Christ's power within us that allows us to walk. So if, if you feel inadequate, join the club because we are inadequate. It's only when God fills us. And, and how does he do it? We just got to get out of the way, right? So, so that's where I was going to go, the same place. We have to get out of the way if we're going to see God move in our lives in a way. But, but we know what we've been called to. We've been called to walk in a clearly different way. If you're not there, if I'm not there, we know we got to get out of the way and invite the Holy Spirit. So I'll just close this in prayer and we'll, we'll invite the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Yeah, so if, if there's anyone that, that was standing and you want specific prayer, or even if you didn't stand and you want specific prayer, we would love to pray individually with you after, after service today. But let's just close out our service. God, I thank you for your spirit that, that moves within us. Lord, it's your might, it's your power. It's not anything that we are. But God, you've called us to walk in a different way. Lord, we want to answer that call and we need your strength. So, Lord, we yield to your spirit now. Lord, we get out of the way and we invite you, Holy Spirit, come into our lives and move in a fresh and powerful way. God, I thank you for for what you put on Ed's heart, that you would free some of us today. Lord, I see chains coming down and walls and barriers coming down today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we tear them down. Lord, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. God, and some things that have held us bound, Lord, I pull them down today in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for the power of your spirit to fill all of us in a fresh way, God, that you would give each of us a fresh anointing to live in a manner worthy of that calling. God, remind us again how we've been called by you, God, that we wouldn't take it lightly, Lord, but we would walk in a clearly different way. We pray these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Well, have a blessed day today. Uh, And if any of you would like prayer, please come forward. Thank you.